the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today we're talking with Jim Harshaw. Failure, struggle, and setbacks are not only an inevitable part of life, but a necessary step in the path of success. Jim has learned many life lessons on the wrestling mat, having been a Division I All-American and won three ACC championships for the University of Virginia trained at the Olympic Training Center and competed overseas for Team USA, he has experienced significant triumph and devastating defeat. He relates those powerful lessons of failure, struggle, and setback to empower his audiences to overcome their own challenges and achieve success despite their inevitable failures. Jim is a speaker, executive coach, and host of the Wrestling Show Podcast. Jim, you are doing a lot, sir. Tell me, what did I leave out? Yeah, well, I've I've got my hands full. We've uh we've we've got four children, my wife and I, Allie. We have four children as well. I just saw a bumper sticker the other day. It said, "If you think my hands are full, you should see my heart." <laughs> so, oh, man. uh yeah, with uh you know, work at the University of Virginia Athletics Foundation. Um I've got uh the podcast that I run Wrestling with Success and uh I Coach youth wrestling and uh, involved in all my my kids activities. So it's uh, it's busy, but it's uh like I said, my heart is full. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you you got the wrestling podcast, but let's talk about that for a second. Is that just, I mean, all you talk about is wrestling or is it athletics? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, great question. Um, no, we, we talk about um, wrestling with success is the title and wrestling being sort of the analogy for struggle. You know, we're all struggling with success in different areas of our lives, whether it's relationships or our health or financially. And, and it's really an analogy with that about, uh, about the, the struggle of life. And so I, I interview primarily former athletes who have gone on to be successful in, in other areas of life, whether it's um, astronauts or CEOs or billionaires or professional athletes in other sports, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, been, it's been really interesting to learn how, how people who were athletes at one point, a lot of them were just athletes in high school. I've, I mean, I've had Olympians on, but, um, some of them were just athletes in high school and, you know, weren't very good, but they, they've been able to parlay those experiences into success in life elsewhere. Sure. Now, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I know you said that you competed for uh, team USA, uh, overseas and, uh, you know, I watched your Ted talk that you did and that was unbelievable. You know, you, you take failure and, and some of the some of the worst times in your life or what seem to be the worst times in your life, they really prepare you for so much more. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we see successful people, 
we see them on the podium, right? We see them on the podium of life. We see them, you know, in the movies and we see them on stage performing their rock stars. We see them, you know, uh, making a lot of money, buying the mansion and, you know, uh, being successful in whatever walk of life it is. I mean, we even see any just on social media. I was talking about this with my wife the other day. You know, all you see people posting on social media is the happy days and their vacations and all the great things that they're doing. But we don't see the struggle, right? When we look at successful people, we just see the tip of the iceberg. We don't see the struggle, the failure, the adversity, the setbacks. And, and that's what I do in my show. It's one question I ask all my guests is, tell me about a time you failed. And oh my goodness, we've had some, some unbelievable stories. I mean, you've had Doug Muir on your show. And Doug, you know, his, it wasn't really so much a failure. as it was, I mean, well, he, he's had sort of business failures that have resulted in long-term success. But uh, sort of his adversity and his struggle uh, as a youth is just tremendous. You know, you, you hear about you know his background, his upbringing, and what he had to come go through just to to just to get to live a normal life, let alone the, the amazing life that he's lived now. It's it's people like that that I have on the show uh, that that really share that background because, like I said, we we really we don't see that struggle. We we just think it we think it was easier for the other person. We think. They don't have the problems or the struggles or the setbacks or the obstacles that I have. My story is different, right? And it's just not true. It feels true, especially in the moment. You, you know, in your, we've all had that feeling of hopelessness, those feelings of self-doubt that haunt us and that we carry around with us. But you know what? Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club because every billionaire, every movie star, every uh, successful athlete has endured the same thing. And I share a lot of that in my TED talk and, and I replicate that into how I teach my, teach that to my children, but it's really a message for, for, for everybody. You know, one of the things you, you've got four, four kiddos and I've got, I've got two and, and mine are, uh, technically they're adults, but you know how that works out. I got a 19 year old and a 21 year old <laughs> and, uh, I'm technically you know, one an th adult too, but well, know, yeah. My wife calls me a child all the time, so I guess at forty, there you go. Um, but you know, one one of the real interesting interesting things is that as my children grew up, you know, I really wanted to give them you know more opportunities, and and you want to protect your kids, you know, from from certain things. But I think sometimes we can really get into the point where we're almost sheltering our kids, as opposed to the the things that you're talking about, uh, allowing them to go out there and, and fail. Um, I think I saw on the Ted talk, it said something to the effect of, you know, if you want to succeed, you gotta, you gotta, uh, double the, your amount of your failure rate. That's right. And, yeah. and, and so that was one of those kind of things where it's not that you're sending your kid out to, to run in the, in the middle of the street, you know, a dangerous situation, but, um, if they skin their knee, you know, on their bicycle, cause they don't have a knee pad on, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Sometimes those bumps and bruises and scrapes are the things that make you say, Hey, I don't want to fall off this bicycle. Yeah. I better figure out a way to balance myself a little bit better. But, uh, can you give any kind of real world examples of how you've, how you've done that with your kids and, and allowed them to experience some failure? Yeah, I'll give you the best real world example that there is. And, and, and it's exactly what you just said. It's about riding a bike, you know. And so whenever whenever my kids start learning how to ride a bike, I, I talk to them. I begin talking to them and say, This is this is hard, isn't it? This is a struggle, isn't it? I said, and, and I and I help them sort of be present, be in that moment of failure and, and understand that this is this is what I'm feeling right now. Just kind of being cognizant of that feeling of hopelessness, of I can't do this, of you know, when is this ever going to work? And then Whenever they finally get it, we reflect back on it. And this is just a simple thing. It's just a simple conversation that you have with your kid. And you say, hey, listen, you know, like 
you failed, right? You struggled along the way. You crashed. You wrecked. You you you, you didn't. You know, at one point you didn't think you were going to be actually ever be able to do this, but but now here you are. You're able to do it, right? And and then you just say that you know you're you're going to face. You're going to have that feeling again. That feeling of self doubt. That feeling of struggle and failure and crashing and skinning your knee. You're going to experience that again. Whether it's in school, whether it's with your friends, whether it's in sports, you're going to feel that again. And you know, the mistake a lot of people make is is they watch that TED talk and they think it's just for children. It is for us, Doug. It is for you. It's for me. It's for the listener listening to this right now, whether you're on a treadmill or working out or on your commute. It, it's for you as well. Because in some area of your life right now, you feel like you're failing. In some area of your life, you feel like you're failing and, and you want to quit, right? And, and again, it could be in a relationship. It could be your health or fitness. It could be financially. It could be some area of your life. That maybe it's a, a business or uh, a side business you're trying to start or something like that. And, and you feel like, gosh, this just isn't working. I'm not doing it. You know, if you, if it's something that is meaningful to you, it's, if, if it's, if it's part of a vision where of you, what you see yourself as becoming in the future, don't quit. But if it's if you're failing and struggling, if it's if it's taking you down a path where you don't want to go, then it's okay to quit because I think that's a big question a lot of people have is you know when is it okay to quit? And you know it's okay to quit if you're doing something that is not you know in in the vision of what you see yourself being or becoming. And, uh, and but but you know failure, struggle, adversity, setback there, it's part of the journey. Sure. So let, let's talk about that just real quick on, you know, the struggle or the failure, you know, maybe a landmine, something that was kind of a major setback that, that you've ran into in life and uh, and then how you kind of persevered through that. And, and in hindsight, you look back and you go, you know what, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for that, that turning point. Oh, absolutely. I'll give you two. Uh, I'll give you the first one is, is not as relevant to the real world. So I'll, I'll go through this one. And this is the one I talk about in my TED talk. And for the listener who hasn't seen it, is is my story of struggle, failure, and setback as an athlete. I was uh, I, I was I was by and large a, a complete and utter failure as an athlete. Um, I think if you if you look at my career, you know I was a Division One All American. Uh, I competed for Team USA. I was invited to train and live at the Olympic Training Center. I was an Olympic hopeful, um, successful from the outside looking in, right? I felt like I failed all along the way. And, you know, after my freshman year in college and sophomore year and junior year, I kept failing to, to get onto the podium to become a division one all American, which statistically it's actually harder for a high school wrestler to become a division one all American than it is for a high school football player to make it to the pros. So it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. And the division one national championships, it's a big deal. It's like 15,000 people packed in arena at Madison square garden. A couple, couple months ago here, it was 19,000 people for the finals. It's, it's a big event. And I failed year after year after year. And I say this in my talk. It was my junior year at the end. Uh, you know, I walked into the locker room again, a failure. And I had my face just buried in a towel in tears thinking like, why can't I do this? Like, what's wrong with me? You know, and, and everybody's felt this. You know, we, I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why can't everybody else seem to do it? But I can't. You know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe I don't have it, you know, what it takes. And, and I realized there's nothing more I could do. I couldn't possibly work any harder. I was doing everything, Doug, I could possibly, possibly do to achieve my goal. But you know what? I failed again, you know, a third time in a row, freshman, sophomore, junior year. And I didn't know what adjustments to make, work harder, not smarter, or work smarter, not harder. You know, I, I, I couldn't figure out what I needed to do. But, but what I realized in that process is 
Um, I had to continue to follow through. I had to continue to push. I had to continue to try and continue to push through that wall of failure that, that stops most people. And uh, because it's a risk. I mean, all the pain and suffering and struggle that you go through to try to, to win a championship or build a business or, or uh, you know, heal a, a broken relationship, it's a struggle. And, and at some point, you're going to face doubt and, and hopelessness, and, and you've got to continue to push through. And that's what I did and became an all, Division One All-American my senior year. I uh, beat the fourth-ranked guy in the country from the number one-ranked team in the country, you know, 15,000 people. And it was, it was all that, that I envisioned it to be. And I finally I did it. You know, I finally achieved that goal. And it was the journey that taught me the most. So I, I look back on my career. I won three ACC championships. I was an All-American. I trained at the Olympic Training Center, competed overseas. And, but it's like you can take back all the awards, the accolades, and, and because what, what was most valuable is that lesson of failure and struggle. And so you fast forward um, about 15 years after my, my competitive career was over, and I'm married. I've got three kids at the time and uh, had a business, and, and I, I, the business failed. And I was in a point with my life where uh, our finances were a mess. We were in debt. Um, my relationship with my wife was not healthy. Um, my fitness, my personal physical fitness, was at its lowest point in my in my life. And uh, and I and I said, I need to get back on track here. What what do I got to do? And I so I reflected back on that journey of of failure, struggle, and eventual success in in wrestling as an athlete. You know, and I identified sort of four things, that key pieces that were in place in my life that I was able to, that I, that I thought, hey, if I can replicate those, those four pieces in my life today, in the real world, then, then maybe I'll, I'll be back on track. Maybe I can wake up energized again. Maybe I can fix the broken parts of my life. Maybe I can get that clarity of that, that perfect clarity of purpose and the, and that single minded focus that you have as an athlete. Maybe I could get those things back if I just, I uh, could replicate the, those, those pieces. And that's what I did. Um, so I, I, you know, I realized what, what the, the first piece that was in place in my life was I knew what was important to me. You know, and, and, you know, I was younger and, and athletics was important to me and, you know, winning the championship was important to me, but I valued hard work and I valued disciplined people and I, I respected them and I wanted to be like those guys who become all Americans and national champions and Olympians. And, and, um, so, so that was it. That was the first step was understanding what I value. Second, uh, I knew what, you know, so you look back in my life, I, I valued that as an athlete. So what did I do? I created a goal that aligned with that. You know, so how do I do that in my life now? So I identified what was important to me in my life, you know, and, and those, those are faith, family, fit, fitness, and fun. And, and I created goals that aligned with those. And I create goals and created goals in four areas, uh, relationship goals, self-growth goals, uh, health and well, health and fitness goals, uh, and wealth goals, financial goals. So in those four areas. So I created goals that actually aligned with what was important to me, right? And then I look back at my, my athletic career, and the other thing, I, the, the third sort of piece was I had what I call an environment of excellence. And that environment of excellence included surrounding myself with the right people, uh, using the right self-talk. Uh, I would read books and watch videos uh, of successful people, mostly wrestlers, you know, doing the right thing and reading books about them and how they trained, et cetera. And so I started really implementing that into my life. Um, around my goals, uh, I created this environment of excellence. And one of the things I did was I created a mastermind group. And, and then fourth and finally, I had the, the last thing I had in my life was I had a system for following through, regardless of whether or not I failed, system that required me to follow through. Um, I mean, to be honest, one of those things was uh, I had a scholarship 
you know, um, that wasn't the driving factor by any means, but it was sort of one of those things that you, you got to show up, you got to show up tomorrow because a lot more than just winning the championship rides on this, you know? And so I had these, you know, I had a, had a coach, obviously coach or coaches and other that, that were holding me, that held me accountable. And, you know, if I lost a match today, coach was like, Hey, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. You know? So you can't quit. You can't give up if you have those kind of people in your life. And, and so I recreated <clears throat> that environment for the real world and, Doug, I'm telling you, it changed everything. It led to the TED Talk. It led to, you know, I ran my first half marathon ever. It led to, uh, you know, creating this podcast and creating this business and feeling like, you know, I'm back on track. I've, I've got that single-minded focus, and I know what my purpose again is in life. And when when you go through that process, and it's a long process, and I coach people through that process, it is uh, it, it opens your eyes and it'll change your life. Man, that is great information, and it's very applicable. I got those four things kind of that you did to get back on track, the four Fs that you had there with the faith, family, fitness, and finances. And, uh, guys, this is really great information to go back in and, and, and listen to. If you missed anything and you're on the radio show, you can always go back to the podcast and check it out. Tune in after the break when we will hear more from our uh, great guest here today, Jim Harshaw, and uh, we'll be right back on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and we have just another fantastic guest today. We've got Jim Harshaw, and Jim is with the University of Virginia. He is part of their Athletics Foundation, and he's got a lot of different things he's doing, but we really want to talk uh, today really about your just your professional adventures, all the things that you've got going on. I know we talked about the wrestling and kind of your character and your family and kind of who you are. In this segment, let's talk real quickly a little bit about what you're doing for the university and then some of the other projects you're working on. Yeah, so for the University of Virginia, we raise about $30 million a year for athletics uh, for various things, whether it's for scholarships for the athletes or for 
facilities and building projects, et cetera. Uh, we're one of the most successful athletic departments in the country. We finished in the top 10 three years in a row uh, of best athletic departments in the nation as ranked by – uh, uh, basically, it's called the Learfield Directors Cup, and it's it's a ranking of all the athletic every sport in your athletic department. Um, you take actually you take your top ten men's and top ten women's sports, and and they do a ranking. You know, they're basically the, how they finished uh, in the season, and uh, and they rank every athletic department in the country. So you have the the Stanford's and uh, and all the best schools in the country, and we're right in there. So so it's pretty cool being able to be associated with a program like University of Virginia. It's the number one public school in the country. Um, we have one of the best athletic programs in the country. Uh, we've won. You know, we've had at least one team win the Division One national championship in their sport for eight years in a row. Um, just just a phenomenal organization to work for. Uh, the the tagline is uncompromised excellence for for Virginia athletics, and it's just you know, it very much fits my my persona and my style, and it's uh, you know fits my my value system. And uh, you know, I was I was an athlete here. Uh, I got two degrees from the University of Virginia. Uh, I was a non scholarship athlete when I showed up. Uh, came from I was the first person in my college to the first person in my in my family to to go to college, and so I was uh, you know a non scholarship athlete that showed up, sort of not really believing or knowing that I could even be on the team and uh, you know I was part of a top 10 recruiting class and by the time I left uh um you know I was the I was you know the the one of the high there was two of us that became all Americans that year it was one guy who was a Pennsylvania state champion one of the top recruits in the country and then there was little old me who was uh, a nobody really coming out of high school so um so to be able to represent that institution and go out and raise money and um work with our donors on uh you know five, six, and seven-figure gifts to, to support this university is, is very much uh, something that I'm, I'm proud of and that I enjoy doing. Um, and that, so that's what we do. We, you know, we, we raise the scholarship. We pay the scholarship bill, 316 scholarships. We raise $18 million. This year's our goal is $18.3 million for the annual fund. Uh, and then we have quite a bit of other projects that we're raising money for as well. And there's uh, primarily eight of us that are on-the-road fundraisers and doing that. So I travel for work. Um, very much enjoy the travel, uh, and that's sort of uh, you know I talk about my podcast and having four kids, and there's there's a there's a balance that has to be struck there, but um, but that's what I do for the University of Virginia. Gotcha. Now let me ask you this: you know you said entrepreneurial, uh, you had a business before, and you had some failure there, and and now you're working you know for the university, and you've got the podcast, but you know. Do, where do you generate the majority of your revenue from? Not, 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 you know, from the school stuff, but I mean, your podcast and some of the other things you've got going on. Uh, are you, are you generating revenue from the podcast right now and some of the other projects you're working on? Yeah, a little bit of revenue from the podcast, but primarily the revenue that, uh, that comes from, from the podcast and my, and my online brand, you know, jimharshawjr.com comes from a, a course. So I call it, so it's called reveal your path. And it's basically those four steps that we just talked about that four step blueprint that, um, that I share with folks. And, and if you go to revealyourpath.com, you will find, uh, you can find the link to, uh, to learn more about that course and sort of the four steps that we go through, uh, and how you can sign up for it. There's different various levels. It fits anybody's sort of budget or, or time, you know, time frame. So, uh, but yeah, so I, that's, uh, that's the primary, primary revenue stream there is, uh, is coaching is, uh, executive coaching and, and working with individuals. 
Gotcha. Now, uh, so revealyourpath.com. And guys, if you're driving down the road right now and you miss anything, obviously you can go to the show notes at ambitiousradio.com and just uh, just search for Jim Harshaw and we'll uh, put all these different notes on there. But uh, revealyourpath.com. And that will link you to, uh, to to that program if if you're interested in that. Now, um, is it a, is it a correspondent type class? Is it a over the phone? Well, t- tell me a little bit about the the program itself. Yeah, sure. So it's a four week program. Each week corresponds with one of those those pieces that I talked about earlier. Was uh, week one is identifying what what is most important to you. You know, getting clear on those values. Week two is getting clear on those goals in those four different areas. And I have a couple of worksheets for that. Uh, week three is creating. Your environment of excellence, so you can create that environment where you can actually be successful. And then uh, week four is creating that uh, that accountability, that follow through system. Um, so we go through it in four weeks. Um, it's most of it is the the content is delivered by way of email. Uh, it, there's worksheets and videos that are de- delivered through email, uh, and then once a week. Uh, typically, it's Friday afternoons. We have a, uh, a mastermind call or a group coaching call. It's a little bit different than group coaching. It's actually masterminding. So everybody gets a chance. They get 10 or 15 minutes on the hot seat to talk about you know, what they're struggling with or, or things that are really going well. And they can share ideas and, and get constructive feedback from, from the other members of the group. And it's, it's a really powerful method of coaching that has been really successful. I've had Multiple Olympian, former Olympians uh, come through the program, uh, neurosurgeons, MBAs, MIT grads, you know, college head coaches. I mean, very, very successful people. Um, for the listener, I mean, don't be intimidated if that doesn't fit you know, what, who you are or what you've done. But um, we've had entrepreneurs of, of every, every success level uh, and people from, uh, from, from sort of every walk of life go through it and have had tremendous success and it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, it's primarily delivered online. There's a uh, uh, there's a version where you don't have to do the mastermind call, where it's just you're getting the content dripped out to you for four weeks. Um, there's the 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 option two is with the uh, is where you do the the five the the Friday phone call, and then option three actually includes in addition to whatever the everything there is. Option two is uh, you get actually one on one coaching with me. So we really deep dive into uh, do your struggles and, and help you get that clarity that you need and, and regain that focus and consistency and that balance in your life that we all crave so much. Very good. Very good. Now, let, let me ask you this as we kind of wrap up this segment. Um, if you could go back at any point in your life and, and maybe give yourself one piece of advice, um, what would it be and, and what were you kind of doing at that point in your life? Yeah. The one piece of advice that I would give myself is think bigger. And, and, and this starts back from, from college to, to today, you know, think bigger because the people who are achieving tremendous success, they're no different. And I, and I work with, you know, um, I think a lot of people look at, it, at my success and maybe put me on, on, a, on, on some kind of pedestal at some level, but the people I'm working with, the people I interview on my show, the, the billionaires and the CEOs and the astronauts, et cetera, and the Olympians, they are, they're just, they're just normal people and they have the same struggles. They have the same relationship struggles. They have the same, uh, health and fitness struggles, maybe not the Olympians so much, but they have the, you know, the, the same struggles of, you know, getting that work life balance and, and everybody has these same struggles. So, um, so for myself, it's, it's really saying think bigger because the people who are achieving at a massive, massive scale, um, are really no different. They're just they're just uh, they're just ten xing their goals, you know. And when you when you ten x your goals, uh, you're simply um, 
making different phone calls, not more phone calls. You're um, saying different things. You're acting in a different way. You're making decisions that are based on higher goals than, than rather than sort of mid-level or mediocre goals. Yep, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, that is great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And guys, if you like what you're hearing, take a second. Let three other people know ambitiousradio.com or check out Ambitious Radio anywhere that great podcasts are available. And if you would like to be notified when no when new shows pop up, you can subscribe by texting the word ambitious to 69922. That's 69922. Standard messaging rates apply. See the website for more details. After the break, we're going to be talking more to Jim about what he's planning next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, Ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. back in here on the show it's ambitious radio network hey are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system consider grasshopper.com you get to keep your existing number you have multiple extensions voicemails transcribed and no new hardware grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system let's get back to the show with doug parker all right we're back on the ambitious radio network and today we're talking to jim harshaw virginia athletics foundation he's on the uh, the team there with eight other folks raised millions and i do mean millions of dollars for uh, for all kinds of different programs and he also has a great podcast himself so welcome back to the show sir that's great to be back Man, I tell you what, I really appreciate you carving out some time for us. Now, let's talk a little bit about, I know you got a bunch of things going on, but how, how do you decide, you know, what next to work on? You talked a little bit about that kind of family, you know, balance that you have to have, and you've got the podcast, and then your, you know, your professional career, and then you've got your coaching that you do. So how do you make that determination on what to work on next? Man, that is such a great question. And, and I, get, I get asked that question a lot because a lot of people look at my life and they go, how do you get so much done with what you get done? And and I do. I get, I get a lot done. There's, I just read research recently that said most people get about 90 minutes of work done in a typical eight-hour workday. 90 minutes, Doug. Isn't that crazy? And, and if you think about it, when, when you have, let's say it's like the day before vacation, right? Think about how much work you get done because you have to, right? You put that, you have that deadline, that hard deadline. Well, we get so much more work and we're so productive on like the day before vacation or when there's a deadline, right? So um, what if you could be that productive every day? And so the way that I figure out what to work on next um, is I do something that I call the productive pause. And the productive pause is this. And most people, most people aren't willing to do this. We're, we're all on this treadmill of life, right? We're going, 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 going. And we're going to do the same thing tomorrow that we did today 
for no better reason than because that's what we did yesterday, right? So the productive pause is this. It's a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. Clarity of action and peace of mind. So it's these questions, right? So so I do this on a very regular basis, and I actually have this built into my life, and it's it's an automated system that makes me stop, hit the pause button, think, evaluate, what am I doing? Am I doing the right things? Am I taking the right actions? Uh, and, and that enables me to, to do the, to work on the right things. And so, for example, at 4.30 every day, an alarm on my phone goes off and it's a reminder for me to plan tomorrow. So if I plan tomorrow, today, that's going to help me whenever I show up tomorrow not to start working, jumping into email and being unproductive and reacting instead of being proactive it's going to help me work on the right things because at 4.30 today, I know what I'm not going to get done by the end of the workday and I know what I need to work on next. I, need, I know what's most important rather than going home, turning off, and then having to turn back on tomorrow and go, hey, what was it that I was working on? What do I need to get done today? No, you got to plan it in advance. So that's one example of a productive pause is, is asking yourself, what's most important for me to do right now? If I had another eight hours and I could continue working, what would I be working on next? And you, and you plan tomorrow today. So that's one of them. Another one is monthly, I actually have uh, uh, a notification on my calendar that pops up for me to review my goals. And I review my goals once a month. And they just, they, it pops up on my calendar. I, I review them. Uh, I review through my worksheet. I, I adjust any action items or deadlines or uh, anything on that goal that I need to adjust or, or change. I go ahead and do it. And I think a lot of people maybe hesitate to set goals because they think they're going to be so set in stone, but you know what? They don't have to be, they change, they modify. When new information comes in, you make the right adjustments. And, and so I, I'm prompted to do that w once a month. And then here's the other thing I do, Doug is this is, th this will sound kind of strange. I know a lot of people will think about this and go, what the heck is he doing? So when I'm, when I'm on the road, if I'm driving, I very rarely listen to the radio. I'm, if I'm listening to anything, it's the podcasts like yours and, and things that are going to help me be, you know, inspire me or educate me. But a lot of times I just drive in pure silence and I just have a conversation. I have a conversation with myself or I have a conversation with a, a mentor of mine or with a coach of mine. And, and I, and I figure out what I what I'm not doing that I need to be doing. And I ask questions and I ask myself the tough, tough questions. You know, what are you, what are you not doing right now that if you were would help you get closer to your goals that's a big tough scary questions that, that people aren't most people aren't willing to to ask themselves let alone answer and and so i'll do that and that's another form of productive pause that i do on a on a regular basis to help me make sure i'm working on the right things at the right time you, you know i really like that and, and it's something i've never really um had a name for it like productive pause but uh, I could be accused of being a workaholic by, by many. However, I actually like to work, and it doesn't even matter what I'm working on. I just like to work. And on the weekends, I own a commercial uh, building, commercial real estate building and, and that we office out of. And, and I'll come up here sometimes, and I'll change light bulbs, or I'll clean the carpets, or something crazy. It's like, Doug, it would be far more you know effective for you to pay somebody to do that for you than you to do it. But what I will tend to do is is when I'm maybe I'm cleaning the carpets or maybe I'm replacing light bulbs. It's so monotonous of a job. I don't have to think to do it. You just screw light bulbs in or whatever, right? But I've got an hour or two where I will kind of debrief the week that I had before and I'll just go back through and think through my conversations and, and okay, hey, how could I have handled this better? What else could I do differently? What do I need to follow up on? 
And it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, instead of listening to the radio or having something going on, it's just trying to make good use of that time and really debrief the situation and go from there. So I really, uh, a lot of people may not know, you know, they just are always listening to radio because they like the, you know, the beat of the music or whatever the case is. But but I, I do kind of the same thing. I think it's a great, great thing. And I love that productive pause that you're talking about there. So that is is really, really some good uh, marching orders on, on things that you can do to kind of get out there and make it happen. Now, it's the single most common trait of everybody that I've interviewed on my podcast. And I would be surprised if it's not similar on yours because successful people have this this mechanism for hitting the pause button. It might be meditation. It might be journaling. It might be asking questions like I just talked about here, but successful people tend to have that, that, that period of pause and reflection that helps them make sure they're working on the right things. Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I mean, if you're just going all the time and you're not planning it, uh, it can get kind of, uh, you know, just, just, you know, no, no focus, uh, leads to lack of direction or for sure. So let me ask you what, you know, we're, we've got about another minute left on this, on this particular, um, uh, section, but can, can you tell me a little bit about what maybe you're working on next? Do you have anything that's in the pipeline that, that might be next on your agenda to, to roll out? Yeah. The biggest thing is, is, um, continuing to just to grow the podcast, grow the course, reveal your path. I mean, Nothing new in terms of those. Uh, those are the biggest things. I'm, I'm growing those, getting tremendous feedback and experience going through uh, these courses and, and helping people. So it's uh, uh, really what's next is the escalation in the in the growth and scaling of those those two uh, those two things. I'm working on the podcast and the in uh, the program. Sure. Well, those are ambitious times. And after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing more with Jim what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way. And that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back with Jim Harshaw, successful entrepreneur, podcaster, and former wrestler at the University of Virginia. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how he recharged his ambitious body, mind, and spirit. So welcome back to the show, sir. Great to be back. 
Yes, sir. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about it. I mean, you're a hard charging guy, and I know you talked about people asking you, man, how in the world do you do all this stuff? Um, but but whenever you're you know you're so hard charging, what what do you do to to relax? I mean, to really recharge. What what do you do there? Well, I think the the first two things that come to mind are, are number one, my faith in church. Um, just the, that's sort of one of those productive pauses that's really important to me and helps me recharge. And and the other one is is my family. It's spending time with my wife, spending time with my kids, going to their soccer games, wrestling matches, Cub Scouts, violin, piano, whatever it is. You know, it, it's spending time with my kids. It just recharges me so much. Um, and then you know uh, the other things I do is is I work out regularly. It's it you know staying fit is important to me. Um, not as much not for the same reasons it was when I was an athlete. You know when I was an athlete it was important for for different reasons. But now it's because it gives me energy. It helps me stay focused. Um, gives me that that time to pause and think. It gives me an education time too. I get to listen to awesome again podcasts like yours. But uh, so fitness and I do just about everything you could imagine from. Uh, running on the treadmill, running outside, mountain biking, um, swimming. Uh, I do whatever I can to, to get outside, stay fit. I wrestle still sometimes with the college guys. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm an adventurous soul. You know, I, I've, I've been skydiving and hang gliding and rock climbing and scuba diving and um, whitewater rafting class or whitewater kayaking, I should say, uh, class five rivers and the world class of whitewater. And, and those things have, have modified a little bit with, uh, with kids nowadays, but, um, you know, I went whale watching over the weekend in Cape Cod and took a flying tour in a little four seater Cessna and which, uh, I've actually never, I've taken off in those a bunch of times, but I've never landed in one. I've always jumped out of them before they landed, but, uh, but I'm always, you know, doing stuff like that. I'm going on a, uh, I'm going on a float trip, canoeing trip in, uh, in two weeks with my best friend from high school. Those things, those things recharge my batteries. Yeah. You know, you, so you, you've got, you talk about your four kids and all, I mean, you rattled off violin and all these different things, soccer that you're doing with them. Now, one of the things that I have found in life, and, and, and this is, I'm going to kind of go pull back the covers a little bit on myself here, but um, my wife and I, we have found over the years where there's times where it just seems like we've got everything scheduled, like our schedule is so full, and then we're scheduling in you know, teacher night, and we're scheduling this night and that night, and, and it's changed a little bit because our kids, like I said, now are, are you know nineteen and twenty one, so it's not quite the same anymore. But how do you, um, you know, kind of tune in to be in the moment and enjoy those things? Because I know a lot of people, it, 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 if you're not careful, it can become a trick almost and, and it become seemingly a burden because your schedule is so full already and then you're scheduling all these other things and you got to get to this and that but how do you like check out and then and then be in the present in the moment with when you're doing those things with the kids Doug this is such a great question because I had a hard time with this for a long time to, to really be present and and it goes back to the productive pause anytime I, I should say it's, I, I don't do this every time but whenever I feel like um Let's say I had a, a a day at work where I'm just you know I'm still at work. I'm driving home, but my mind is still at work. If I'm about to pull up into the driveway and and I know that my mind is still at work, I will consciously I'll, I'll hit that pause button and I'll talk to myself. Let go of, let go of work. I'm present. I'm I'm here. I'm home now. You know work is work is is behind me. I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm focused with my family, and, and I'll just have that conversation with my family. Um, and actually, you know, consciously and intentionally things down in my mind just to be present. And just by telling yourself, I mean, we believe 
just about everything we tell ourselves. <laughs> we, we really do. You know, so if you tell yourself, I'm stressed and I can't let go of work, guess what? You're going to be stressed and not be able to let go of work. If you tell yourself, you know, I had a tough day today, but thank goodness uh, when I get out of this car and I close the door behind me, I'm leaving all that stress in the car and it's behind me. And when I go into my house, I'm going to be refreshed and present. If you say, I mean, I just made that up on the spot. If you, if you tell yourself that, you're going to believe it. And you're going to be, you know, 5, 10, 20, 50% more present than you would have otherwise. And, and yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a miracle. I'm going to just change everything and, and completely uh, eliminate the stress in your life or, or whatever it is the, the, that you're thinking about from work still. But you know what? You're going to be so much better off for having done that. So it's, it's again, that pause, hitting that pause button and being intentional about how you live your life in every way. You know, guys, one of the things that I love about doing uh, this show is that I get to, I look at it as a mentoring session for me, Doug Parker, and I just package it up and broadcast it out for everybody else to hear as well. But the reality is that that is something that for me, I know I can go back and apply. One of the things that makes us so successful as business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders is the level of intensity that we bring to things and, and the get it done mentality. The problem with that type of person is that sometimes you're intense and you get it done and, it, and you don't turn it off because you're on. And I love that that kind of example of if you're, you know, you're coming home and you're intense and you're fixing to get out of the car and you realize, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm I am home now. I got to check out. I've got to mentally check out from this stuff. Just think, hey, I'm going to leave this stress here. I'm going to check out. Hey, we'll deal with work tomorrow. But today, right now, I am home, and it's time for, uh, for for the kids. It's it's game time for the family, or whatever the case is. And and then that we believe what we tell ourselves. It, it boy, isn't that the truth? I mean, that is something that uh, just an aha moment just happened for me. And you just got to tell yourself, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, uh, leave work at work, and and leave home at home when you show up at work. You know, when you can. And uh, separate those things and, and have that balance. So, all right, we got a couple minutes left of this show. It's hard to believe it is already over here, but let's kind of do a little rapid fire. Let's talk about rest. How much rest does it take at night? How much sleep do you have to get in order to uh, to be this uh, energetic, intense, ambitious guy during the day? I get seven hours a night, and I and I I do things that 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 help me rest better. You know, um, I try to have protein before I go to bed and, and try to, uh, I have some things that I think about that help me really fall asleep. So, um, um, so for me, seven hours, I get it done seven hours. I go to bed at 10, wake up at five is, is about what I do. Very good. All right. That's good stuff. And we talked a lot about the, the work-life balance. So we've kind of wrapped that up. Now, let me ask you this. If, if our listeners, the ambitious listeners want to engage with you, uh, are you social? Are you on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of good stuff? I am. Yeah. You can jump, uh, uh, Facebook page is just search for Jim Harshaw Jr. Um, Twitter is Jim Harshaw, Instagram, Jim Harshaw Jr. Um, yeah, love to, love to hear from anybody. Love to interact with them. Uh, if you jump on my website, Jim uh, you can download, you know, I've got a ebook on how to create a mastermind. I've got a goal setting template there. I've got, Oh, I've got action plans from every single one of my guests, action plans. Uh, it just, it's a one to two page PDF best quotes, best resources, best action items from all of my shows you can download there, you know, recommended books and the whole bit. So, um, yeah, just go jimharshawjr.com and whenever you do subscribe, I'll shoot an email and, and you can respond to that uh, directly. It's, it's me sort of wanting to interact with everybody who subscribes to my email list. So I'd uh, love to hear from you, the listener. 
Well, you know what? That is some great information, and I actually had a couple of additional questions that we just really couldn't get to. So, guys, if you're listening to the radio show, we've got to wrap it up right now because we have a hard break coming. But if you want to tune in, go to ambitiousradio.com and check it out on the podcast. We're going to have a quick little bonus session. Tune in Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network for the bonus round with Jim Arshaw. He has hung out for a few more minutes to answer a few questions we just couldn't get to. Yeah, we just had too much good content. So uh, let's jump in real quick. Tell me, what's one of your favorite books, sir? Favorite book, I tell you, that, that's really impacted me is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was published in, I don't know, 1940 or 50 or something like that. But you, you go to Barnes & Noble, it's still on the shelves today. It's an amazing book. It will teach you how to best interact with people. This is your spouse, your children, your boss, your employees that are working for you, anybody. I promise you it'll change your life. So yeah, how to, how to win friends and influence people. Gotcha. I love that book. It comes up almost uh, probably every other uh, yeah. show it comes up. It's that, it yeah, really is that good. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Now, th- now, what's one of your favorite quotes? There are two pains in life, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you can either be disciplined now, you know, endure the pain now and, and have the success or, or you can uh, be undisciplined now and endure the pain later. You know, that's the old pay now and play later or play now and pay later. It's the same right. same analogy there. That, that is very, very good stuff. So let's talk about behavioral change for just a minute. Now, I can tell you're a very disciplined guy, obviously an athlete, you know, and, and have, have accomplished some very, very significant things. Um, but are there any behavioral changes maybe over the last decade or so that, like, you, you know, you kind of were going down this path and you go, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change trajectory a little bit that you're proud of that you've changed. Yeah, I'll be honest, you know, this was a little bit unique to me. I, I was a wrestling coach earlier in my career, a college wrestling coach, actually a Division One head coach for a spell. And uh, working out was part of what I did. It was I was in the weight room. I was in the wrestling room. I was I was just working out as part of my job. And after I got out of coaching and got more into uh, entrepreneurship and doing other things, um, I had to actually figure out when I was going to work out because it wasn't no it was no longer part of my uh, part of my job. So. That was a huge, huge shift for me is to 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 understand there's value in being fit and in working out that goes beyond just winning the you know trying to win the next championship and so that was huge for me and you know understanding that guys like um, Richard Branson works out they work out every day you know successful people you know the CEO of Honesty Seth Goldman was on my show and he talked about how he works out every hundred million dollar company and he works out every day. He finds time. So if he can find time, these guys can find time, then so can I. And it's a, it's a really important factor in being successful. Absolutely. Now, well, let's talk about investments for just a moment. Um, it can be an investment in time. It could be an investment of, of money, or it could be an investment in someone. But what's one of the best investments you've ever made? Coaching, being coached. Um, and that's uh, like basically life coaching, um, counseling, things like that. 
just invaluable. I think everybody should have a coach. Everybody should have uh, mentors, you know, paid or unpaid. I mean, you've got to have other people in your life that hold you to a higher standard than you would hold yourself and people who can ask you the tough questions. Um, so that's far and away the, the best uh, advice I can give and the best, um, the best investment that I've made in my life. You know what? You, you threw two words out there in coaching uh, for guys. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, knows about coaching and would like to be coached and coached up. And that's an easy word. But you threw in the word counseling there as well. And I just want to touch on that real quick because I remember, you know, I've been married for over two decades now. And, and there was, you know, I mean, hey, when you've been married for that long, you've had some marital problems, I assure you. And, um, you know, we've been through some ups and downs. And I remember one time my wife said something about counseling. And I was like, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to counseling. I don't need no counselor to, to tell me what to do or whatever. You're just being, you know, an idiot, you know, me being that way. That's, and, God. that's, um, that's what a lot of people think uh, that way, yeah. Well, but but I want – can you shed a little bit of light on that? Because, you sure. know, if, if someone had mentioned coaching, hey, let's get some coaching for our marriage. Now, for some reason, that sounds like a pretty reasonable idea to me. But um, if, if, if counseling is needed, can you sh- just shed a little light on that? Yeah, you know, my – my my senior year in college, I actually started getting some coach some some some. Uh, we're working with a sports psychologist, and uh, changed my life. The man, he's absolutely incredible. Um, he's still in my life today. He's someone I stay in touch with. Um, that uh, that still sort of mentors me at times, and and I've actually paid him uh, even to to coach me and have some sessions with me, uh, because he's not only a sports psychologist, he's now a high performance coach for CEOs and business leaders, etc. And he's very very good at what he does. So. That was my first experience. My second experience was is my wife is a licensed therapist. She's a family marriage and child counselor. And I see the impact that she's had on people's lives. And she primarily works with with children. Um, at one point, we decided to go to counseling for, to get help for one of my kids and just sort of some struggles that he was going through and to work with a counselor and have, see if he could help us kind of, you know, give us some strategy and advice. And he also was a family marriage and child counselor. And it evolved into this sort of marriage counseling. And it was, it was awesome, you know, and, and we still go back periodically and it's so helpful. It's so helpful. You have conversations, you say things and you learn things that you could not learn otherwise. And for the listener, you know, you know, Doug and I are not perfect. We're not, we're not speaking from this position of we are the end all be all authority uh, on success in, in relationships and health and fitness and finance, et cetera. We're speaking from experience, and um, and and we do have some expertise in in you know in some of these areas. But you know we're not perfect. You know I I know you know I said uh, we've been we've been to counseling. My kids aren't perfect. You know I did a TED talk that was very popular on why I teach my children to fail. Um, I'm not perfect by any stretch, and, and my children still struggle with failure. You know just like any other kid struggles with failure. We have we consciously and intentionally uh, work on uh, instances when they fail and, and helping them through that. But my kids aren't perfect in that area either. And, you know, I talk about health and fitness. I'm a former, you know, high, you know, elite athlete. And, you know, my fitness isn't perfect. Um, I work out on a regular basis. I would, I would love to work out more. But, again, it comes back to that balance. But uh, I just want to put that in perspective. No, I, and I'm glad you did. And I just, I just wanted to share that because, you know, sometimes we can uh, be our own biggest enemy and stuff. And, you know, sometimes – uh, something like counseling or just talking to somebody or getting it off your chest or, you know, 
in, in Proverbs, you know, it talks about uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty says, "He who walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm." And there are some uh, some fools out there. If you're not careful, if you're around them, they'll say, "Oh, me, you don't know counseling, man. That's crazy." You know, what are you talking about? Right. What's she talking about? And that's that's how you get harmed. Okay. Um, or you may be around some wise people that give you some good counsel and say, hey, look, man, it might not be a bad idea to bounce some ideas off somebody else. Kind of a you know an independent third party and, and and process through that. And like I said, I don't I don't have a dog in the hunt, but it just it just jumped out at me when you when you threw that word out there. I knew yep. I had had a reaction to it at, at at a younger age, and I think it can make a significant difference. So, man, I appreciate the investment uh, that you made in uh, in myself and Ambitious Radio today and all of our listeners. I think there are some great golden nuggets of wisdom that you have shared with us and it will help us be more wise as well. So thank you so much for your time, sir. Yeah, Doug, thanks for doing what you Thanks for having me on the show, but certainly thanks for what you do and putting all this awesome content out into the world and, you know, just gathering, you know, expert minds that can share amazing stories and experiences with the rest of us and the rest of the world so we can learn. Yes, sir. Well, I'm a uh, just you know I love to do it. Zig Ziglar was a mentor of mine, and Zig said if you help enough other people get what you want in life, you'll always have what you want. And I have found that to be very, very true. So that's uh, that's what I try to do, sir. Have a great day, yeah. and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.